Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I am joined by Sophie Ringel, who runs the nonprofit organization called Clean Miami Beach. And the name pretty much speaks for itself there. Sophie lets us know about all of the amazing work that she does, along with how she built up a large social media following and how she's even able to recruit the tourists who are down here in Miami enjoying their vacation to also come out and help clean up the beaches with her. So let's do it. Too many days in the darkness without a glimpse of the light. Well, welcome, Sophie. I am so excited to uh, have you today and be speaking with you. So thanks for joining me. Yeah. Hi, Daniel. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, too. Yes. And you're the founder of um, Clean Miami Beach. That is correct. Yes. And I wanted to to speak with you guys because um, I think what you guys do is absolutely amazing. And I also live in Miami Beach. Um, So you guys are, I know, all over the place. Um, And um, we really appreciate you guys uh, on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, especially on the beach after all the tourism has just just ran its course um, throughout the night and whatnot. And um, would love to kind of get a little bit of um, background from you guys and also would love to know your story as well on why you um, got involved um, and and started Clean Miami Beach and so forth. Sure. Um, and you guys, I think, are about five or six years old? No, we, uh, we aren't that old. Uh, we I found a Clean Miami Beach in March 2019, so it's okay. two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys are doing amazing then in that Thank amount you. of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely have the demand for people to help out and volunteer and and clean these beaches up. Correct, yeah. Somebody needs to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, can you just imagine if every person would pick up one piece of trash every day, the city would be so clean. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like the beaches, unfortunately, in Miami are some of the dirtiest areas sometimes of the actual city itself usually it's the public transit the alleyways in the city or downtown but especially on the weekends it's just awful sometimes especially in the mornings after the parties have hit the beach and such and i was just out there a couple weeks ago and and it was just appalling because i was out there watching the sunrise and uh it was just something else it is disturbing i agree yeah and how do you how do you set up some of these um some of these events uh to help clean up the the beach and and organize mm-hmm. how you, I, set the, mm-hmm. I was gonna say because you guys have a lot of people that actually do come and are excited and do great work so it's not just something out of the blue where you just you can uh rile the troops there right 
Yeah, well, it's a lot of work behind the scenes um, to organize a cleanup. Uh, it takes a lot of manpower and time. Um, yeah, it starts with scouting the site, scouting the area, looking if it's possible to do that, a cleanup at the location. I would like to do it. So I need to figure out, do I need a permit for, for this? So who's in charge of the area? Is it city? Is it county? Is it state? Do I need to go through a permit process? And if I do, sometimes I do, it's super complicated. The city is making it really difficult for us, which is unfortunate, but um, that's the way it goes. Yeah, and then um, we pick a date, we pick the time, we create a flyer about the cleanup and post it on social media and post it on our website. And um, there's another platform I love to work with. It's called volunteercleanup.org and it's they have a database of over 20,000 volunteers registered volunteers and all the cleanups are posted on that website that are happening in Miami and all the um, all their their the database they send out a newsletter every week so people get to see oh okay there's a cleanup at this location it's close to my house let's go you know let's sign up yeah yeah what? Yeah, and then, you have a pool, a pool of people to, to come. Yes, yes, we do. We have a large following on social media, which is really awesome. I'm very, very grateful for that. It's amazing to see how we grew and how we got to the point where so many people are involved. And we're meeting to pick up trash. You know, it's not that we're, <laughs> hey, let's have a drink. Let's watch the sunset. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're meeting to literally picking up trash. I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And it's it's usually right in the mornings too, right? On the weekends especially. I like the mornings, yeah, because uh you, you get you get up, you know, and you do something good right in the beginning of the day, which is awesome. But we also do cleanups in the evenings. <clears throat> so it depends on the location, depends on the time of the year and on other things okay okay and you guys just how do you pick your spots do you just pick a spot that you guys haven't hit before yet or do you have designated spots that you have kind of like routines throughout the months you go to months you go to the same places yes yeah, so it's both i have routines i have spots i just like and i know there's always trash and it's easy for me to to organize to clean up there and you always need to think logistic you know where do i set up my tent is there parking is there a restroom are there restrooms mm -hmm. So there are a couple of spots we like to go on a regular basis. And then there is just spots. People call us and say, hey, I live at this location. And lately, the trash accumulation has increased enormously. Can you please come do a cleanup here? And then I go out the area and I, I check um, for permits. And then I do the cleanup there. Oh, so people actually reach out to you like local yeah. leaders or so and be like and and ask you if you can you know yeah and wh what kind of permits do you do you have to pull just to 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 clean up the area and so because that kind of seems like if if i were say you know the local official or so i mean it, it kind of seems like common sense just to have you know there's this group that just wants to come in and do good things um I know, right? Yeah, well, there's some, uh, it's, it depends. The city of Miami is particularly difficult to work with. <laughs> um, they just need to have an application filled out. And I need, yeah, and then, they, and then they decide if I can do the cleanup or not. 
And I've had the case twice already where they declined my application. I said, no, you can't do the cleanup there. <laughs> Do they have to uh, provide reason for that? No, they don't have to provide reason. Well, they did. Well, the, the one cleanup was is um, a very small park in Miami mainland. And nice. it is a mangrove. It has a mangrove section. It's really small. But this mangrove section is so polluted with um, everything that has been washed ashore. And it is a, um, and mangrove forests are habitats for so many animals, you know, like for fish, for uh, all sorts of sea animals who live and live there to nurse, to nurse there. And this area is really, 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 really badly polluted, but apparently it is a protected area. So the city was worried <laughs> that we cause more damage than we do go good by being there which um, I don't think you can cause any more damage if you see the situation in this park. It's yeah, really, no. really sad. Um, so I don't, I don't know what their regulations are. You know, I'm not arguing with them. I'm, I'm offering my free service to protect Mother Earth and to protect the ocean and Biscayne Bay. And we all depend on Biscayne Bay. But if the city has other plans, well, I have to accept that. Yeah, I guess that's just politics, right? And, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's kind of like, yeah, I, I know you want to feed the homeless there, but uh, yeah, we don't know the food you're bringing them. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. That is something, honestly, when I thought, you know, I'm going to be speaking with you today that I would never have heard that. That, yeah, that a local government would actually decline. That's that's crazy because I'm assuming too that they also charge you guys to apply for the permit too, right? Well, that is a different story. As a nonprofit, you can apply. Um, you can write a letter where you ask the city manager to waive the application fee. Okay. So that is uh, a little more difficult, but it, uh, we have not had to pay anything for permits yet. The only thing what we have to pay is if we do a cleanup on the causeway, we have to pay police, an off-duty police officer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> it makes sense to have a police officer there, but it does not make sense to pay for the police as a local nonprofit that oh, picks up if, trash. Especially if he works for the city. Exactly. Like was, I, yeah, I get it now. If he was a private, if it was a private, um, you know, police officer or security, that'd be different. But if he does work for the city, that makes yeah. sense. Which actually, yeah. that's probably the most expensive thing too. That'd be more yes, expensive than the application fee. That's yes, got to be, correct. especially if that person's on overtime too. They might be sending that, you know, whoever's up for OT to go. Well, they, uh, they have a rate. It's um, an off-duty police officer is, I believe, two hundred and twenty-five dollars per hour, and then it hour. depending on yeah, per how many police officers you need and for how long. Wow. Yeah. That's expensive. <laughs> I know. It's it, very expensive. It almost makes you just want to start sprinting around picking up the trash. You know, there's no uh, <laughs> time is money almost on that. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Well, I hope that that somewhat changes a, a little bit down, down the line for you guys. Um, yes. I'm working on it. Um, I've, I uh, emailed the city commission already twice uh, where I requested that I don't have to pay for police, mm. but uh, I have not, I wasn't successful yet. 
Yeah. Well, um, I, I want to, I wanted to ask you and to get some of your thoughts on this, because I was thinking about how much trash is on the beaches and how to really stop it at the source. And litterers are obviously the, the biggest problem, you know, whether that's people dumping things out of their boats, which the weekends, there's so many people out there, you know, on the bay, especially. Um, but then also the, the tourists on the actual beach. And how, in your experience too, because I'm sure you've, you've had a lot of discussions with people on this. How do you get somebody to okay, I have a pizza box or an empty beer can. There's a trash can about 50 meters from me. I'm just going to drop it where I'm standing so I don't have to go make the trip. How do you get somebody to not do that and to actually either bring it to the trash can or bring it with them? Because either or does the trick. It's just times that by how many people are at the beach and you know we get what we we end up getting and you know an expert kind of in the field doing this so often what are your thoughts especially does that come through your mind while you guys are out there picking up trash and just wondering why didn't you just throw this out Yes, of course. We're always thinking that, especially once the cleanup is over and we see another 500 pounds of trash where we just picked up. And it is frustrating and it is um, demotivating at points to realize, okay, so we're picking up behind others who just don't care. Like that is really frustrating and it's a never ending story, you know, just because that person who might have left something on the beach now sees me picking up after him, that doesn't change anything about his behavior. So I believe here, everything starts with education. Those, those who litter, they definitely have a lack of education. There is nothing in our, in our school system that explains what litter actually means, what, what, why it is so harmful. The respect for our animal world is almost non-existing. And that is education at school, you know, and there is definitely um, a big, big improvement um, necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. You said um, there's not really a respect. No, there's no respect for wildlife, you know. Oh, there's a manatee, you know. Yeah, so what, you know, like, what does this manatee do me good, right? Like. Yeah. Those those who litter, they don't even think about that. They're they're like, oh, that's an e- an animal in the water. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sad part is if you think everything vice versa, right? Think of the animals are coming to our house and putting trash in our house where we live, right? What would we, we what would we do? We would. I am assuming we would kill the animal, you know? Yeah, probably. Like, I would. How dare you come to my house, threaten me, and uh, put trash in my where I live. Yeah. So, yeah, the sad part is that it's exactly like that, just the other way around. And an animal life is not as high and as, as important, obviously, as a human life, which is very sad. Well, I feel like, too, that 
they can't one thing they just don't have a voice they can't obviously speak up and say they don't even know you know yeah yeah they don't even know and they don't know i think i think a part of it is somebody it's sight unseen basically someone isn't feeding say a turtle you know metal um or an aluminum can they're not actually feeding it directly to their mouth they're just leaving it on the beach and it eventually may make its way into the the mouth so they might as well have just fed it right to them but they don't see that right then and there which i think kind of cuts off that that feeling of guilt almost cuts off any consequence for them to experience because they're not actually they don't they don't see it as them actually doing it because they did just leave it on the beach and i think that that definitely has to play some sort of a some sort of a role because i know i know people who are who do very well in society and then um if you're on the beach you just they end up leaving leaving trash you know and i've seen homeless people obviously leave trash on the beach as well and i feel like it's people thinking oh no one's gonna see me right no one's gonna see me no one's gonna say anything to me so there's really no consequence for them not to leave it there if they don't have to and then you have other people who you could be looking at them or not they're still gonna litter regardless which i think are some of the the hardest ones to probably turn into well there's also littering is illegal first of all but there's no enforcement zero enforcement there's so much other crime i spoke to the chief of police about the issue and he said there it is really difficult for for them to catch someone while littering um and there's just the other crimes are so much worse you know that are happening on a daily basis unfortunately so um i don't know yeah, I don't know how the city of Miami Beach wants to address this. If there just needs to be hired more officers or code compliance officers, it doesn't have to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely also need to start enforcing the little law, and that's just simply not happening. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Uh, yeah, definitely. So if you if you get a fine of like what like a high fine like two hundred fifty dollars just for leaving some trash or five hundred dollars, you know, if it would be up to me, it would be even more. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's crazy, you know. Like it's just not happening in Singapore. I mentioned Singapore earlier. I've been to Singapore and I was so surprised how clean the city is. I was able to eat. I could have eaten from the street. It was so clean. It wasn't even any chewing gums on the street. Nothing, you know. It was wow. So it is possible to have a clean city. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I was in San Francisco, I actually had the same um, the same experience, um, but not in the city. It was in their public transit. You're not mm-hmm. allowed to eat. You're not allowed right. to drink too. I believe. Right. And I mean, it was spotless, and that was after i had lived um after i had worked in new york city and new york city if you've ever been there especially in the subway systems is some of the dirtiest nastiest 
places you can you can ever be. And yeah. when I was visiting San Francisco from there, their transit system was spotless. I mean, the city itself is the exact opposite now, um, especially yeah. with homelessness and so forth. But they do keep it pristine, which to your point, it is possible. And if mm -hmm. it is if it is possible, this is a pretty large scale issue, I would say, at the, at the minimum, too, to be able to at least some sort of maybe local government starts giving out more grants to, to organizations like you guys to, to make to be able to make this as consistent as as possible. But I was even thinking about this, too almost us cleaning up after litterers too it's almost enabling them because there's really no no consequence almost yeah right do you ever, yeah. do you ever get that feeling yeah it do yes we were we all are thinking about that right so we're we're not but but that's not the point where we need to focus on the point is we're protecting wildlife and we are not in charge of educating well we are but it's not our main responsibility my main responsibility to educate those who litter my main my focus is on saving the environment you know helping helping the animals of course it goes hand in hand and one has to automatically do something with with the other but i feel like whenever we have negative feelings we should always shift them into a positive feeling so that it is something that because we're doing something good and we should not feel bad about doing something good it's always a little bit of a mind game yeah yeah for sure for sure that makes sense too and it's the positivity probably goes a long way too when you're, yeah. you're together on the beach cleaning it up too especially when you first walk out and you probably see just a, a ton of stuff. Yeah. And how do you guys um how do you guys do do your cleanups? Do you guys use like machinery at all? Do you guys just use picks and, and trash bags like old school style? Old school style, yeah. We don't have any machines. Okay. Yeah. We meet to pick up trash and we um hand out uh, garden gloves to protect and then we have picker, garbage picker, and we have buckets and bags. Okay. And I saw from your website, you guys have logged over 30,000 pounds of trash. Almost, yeah. We are, we're close. We're very close. I believe like this or next week we will hit it. Um, clean ups. Let me check the number exactly. I believe it's 29,409 pounds of trash. <laughs> It's insane it is yeah it's insane to know too if if sophie doesn't exist there's twenty nine thousand pounds of trash still out in the beach which affects humans but then also more so the wildlife yeah and that's yeah. That is That's crazy. insane amount yeah. of trash. And I'm not the only one. Um, there are other cleanup organizations in South Florida, and we calculated everything together. And I believe like within the past two and a half years, we all together picked up over 150,000 pounds of trash, which, you know, these numbers are mind-blowing. They're so big, so large. We can't, I can't even imagine that, you know? <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, you would think that that would come maybe from an entire country 
or something. Right. Not just one edge of the city. Yeah. Especially it's just, you know, South Florida too. Well, it's actually just here Miami area. It's Miami Dade County. Wow. Do you think do you think Miami Dade litters more than other parts of the country? Or do you think it's um it, it depends or we're kind of all the same? Well, I, I can't really say answer that question. And I, I have too little knowledge about how other places are maintained, how the litter culture is in other locations. But I can definitely say that it's really, really bad here. Mm-hmm. It is it is shockingly bad. When I travel, I well, by now I find litter everywhere, no matter where I am. But I believe it's it's specifically bad here. Yeah, Miami Dade's a different breed, I think. Yeah, and it's not just the tourists. People like to blame the tourists, but it's not. They're During an easy lockdown, scapegoat. they're an easy scapegoat. Yeah, no, but it's not true. During lockdown, when there were no tourists in this city, I went for a trash walk every single day, and my back was every day it was full. Especially on the traffic lights, you see Gatorade bottles, water bottles, you know, oh, you finish whatever you have and you just throw it out of the window at the light or it was just while you're driving. I'm saying this with a smile, but I'm not, I'm inside not smiling. It's a shame. (laughs) It is. It is shameful. And I do sometimes, I do wonder, I do think about is this person actually thinking about what that person just did or is that just normal for them or do they think anything or do they have any feeling of shame? I, I, yeah, I think the feeling of shame is starting to really dwindle away with, with anything really now. People just don't, don't really have it unless they get caught. And even if they get caught, I I think the immediate answer is going to be, well, everyone does it. Mm. So then they even try to like shift the, shift the blame a little bit. I, I think yeah. that would be the, the immediate answer. And then they might feel bad. I mean, I hope they do. Hopefully. Have you ever, a oh, quick question. Have you ever caught somebody littering, approached them and then turned them into a volunteer? <laughs> that's wish they, that's my wish no but i have actually um i have so i saw so i see it every here and there and i don't always have the guts to go and say it depends on really the day <laughs> but i did speak to one one day and i said hey you just lost something <laughs> 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 <That's-> oh. <laughs> and then i gave it to him and he put it in a trash can so yeah that's funny that's funny yeah you always need to be careful when you approach others here you know like lately they just pulled a gun so i'm always careful with what i say oh yeah you've got to be very very careful down here yeah yeah well <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I feel like if you approach somebody in the position that you are too, with, with the foundation that you run, um, people would understand. And then that would really simmer into their personality from that forward. Oh, wow. Somebody with, with stature in that field who does pick up trash themselves and helps clean the environment actually saw me 
litter. That's. I think that would. I think that would still go a long way. And I don't think that they would necessarily jump at you. Don't quote me on that though, because <laughs> Daniel, I approached somebody and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it would definitely uh, it, what I experience is that random people see us picking our trash and they think this is like so cool, you know, and then they sign up for the next cleanup. That happens all the time. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. good to hear. I feel like I feel like positivity and negativity are both contagious, and I feel like either one that you go down is gonna rub off on others, and. I think that that's so true that people see that they immediately want to start doing it because you're doing it and they want to kind of be a part of that. Especially you guys are probably the happiest people out there. Yeah, we're very happy. I agree. You guys probably have fun. There's probably such a good vibe, I'm assuming, too, with with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I can confirm 100%. Um, we always like to make it fun. It's a fun experience. We're out there. We're, we're creating community. You know, people who don't know each other come to our cleanups and already are, oh my God, today I'm going to help. I'm going to do something good, you know? And then they meet other people and they have fun and they pick up trash together. Sometimes it's a little challenging trash. Sometimes it's heavy stuff. So they have to pull together um, to, to remove it. So I, it's, it's always cool. And a lot of friendships developed. I met so many cool, fun people who are, who I'm in friends with, you know, we meet after the cleanups for a drink and, we uh, invite each other for the birthday um, uh, events, and it's it's just really nice to to realize that I am building community. You know, I'm bringing people together, and I'm helping protect the ocean all in one, which is really really awesome. That is, you you have to sleep so well at night knowing that you not only clean the beaches, but then you also kind of started this whole community because in in two years, I mean, you guys have well, well over 30,000 Instagram followers too. Right. Yeah. It's impressive. I'm every day when I go on Instagram and see this, I'm like, wow, (laughs) it was hard work though. It's uh, really difficult. It's not easy to build an Instagram. Um, it was hard work, but I'm, I'm very grateful to see how many people support us just by following us. That really, really does something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's good to hear too, that that is kind of a community online that's positive too, especially the way social media is right now, that there's actually a place to go to where you can comment on a post and everything is really positive and there's no, no fighting, no politics, no negativity. It's just pure people helping out others. And that's you know, online that that's kind of rare now, I feel like online. Um, Cause as soon as you're, you make a post of, whatever you guys have done that week, I'm sure you get a lot of good responses too, which I was going to ask you, is it a lot of your followers? Are they Miami, Miami based, you know, hometown people? Are they tourists as well who have now followed you after coming down, maybe seeing an ad getting involved with a cleanup before they head back to wherever is there is like kind of probably a mix. 
Yes, it's a mix. It's also it's an international community as well. It's a great way to support each other all over the world who do the same work what we do. It's really impressive to see so many people do uh, working for the same cause. Um, so it's a mix of from everything. It's international. It's um, the like-minded people. It's local people. It's um, yeah, lots of students. Then definitely also visitors who came here and saw us and think, oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure you kind of start establishing almost those like long-term followers, long-term um, relationships there to where with the next time they're in Miami, they're probably put you on their on their list to to come help yeah so covid actually um stopped that a little bit but i had friends who i met through instagram who do the same somewhere in the world and say hey next year i'm coming to miami when is your next cleanup can we plan something together <laughs> i definitely want to go to a cleanup of yours you know <laughs> how cool <laughs> and i had a few people um before covid do that they, they joined us and they came they traveled you know, from France, from Europe, someplace, and they were here for vacation. And they said, yeah, so I want to do a cleanup. When is it? You know, so that's pretty cool. That is awesome because yeah. in, in a very short couple of years too. Yeah. I mean, you guys could yeah. be pretty massive in just a short couple of years. If, if you're like this in your first, you know, since 2019, you said, right? Yes. March, 2019. Correct. Now, what are, what are some of your overall goals for the organization is it to expand out of miami is it just to kind of expand up to fort lauderdale and the florida a little bit or do, did you have any thoughts with that yeah so obviously i would love to grow um i have been growing since i started so it's just logic that i will continue to grow which is cool so i'm excited for everything that's out there my vision is to have every school in miami involved and have a cleanup with the kids and the schools and also have presentations at those schools and get them to start using reusable utensils I was shocked to learn when I learned that the schools use plastic utensils. I, ca I cannot believe that this is actually really true. I really, I'm still tr struggling with that fact. Um, at the end of this uh, episode, I will send you a link for a YouTube video. Maybe you can put that in the podcast somehow. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's just two minutes about, it's called the story of the spoon. It's on YouTube. That, that that this became so normal to use plastic utensils or plastic in general but let's focus on the utensils it's 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 just incredible i i don't understand and i can't wrap my mind around it how it got there and why it is so normal it should not be normal at all you know something we use for only a couple of minutes but it stays with us for thousands of years how can a school support something like that we are teaching our kids that it is okay to use something for only a few minutes and not care about its afterlife at all. How dare us? How can we do something like that? So my vision is that all schools stop using single-use plastics in their schools. 
That's good. That's pretty cool to to hear too. That's a great idea. I wasn't expecting that first answer where it's like I want to get in the school system and really start pushing cleanups, which I think would be amazing to start with kids getting involved with volunteer work because I don't think a lot of kids growing up now are really exposed to it until they are out of school and then want to get involved. And I think starting them out when they're younger, I think kids would love that. They're outside, it's a class or so, um, and they're, they're cleaning up. And then I'm sure if you, if you've, if you've spoken with um, school districts, the very first thing I could see them being like, Oh, well with COVID, you know, we don't want to reuse blah, blah, blah. But I mean, well, we restaurants, are... restaurants, you know. No, you know, yeah, but I, I can I can say that we are way past that. That uh, it is proven that there it makes no sense. We are also not um, cleaning the doorknob every time after somebody touched it, or the chair, or the table, or the the the, the tray the food comes on. You know, That's so the tray is reusable but the utensils are not how is that possible you know it, it, when you think about it logically it makes no sense and to protect everybody from covid we all learned by now that we need to use hand sanitizer so put the hand sanitizer right in front of the utensils you need to sanitize your hands first before you touch it you know and that's it so we can't put COVID as an excuse for our convenient lifestyle. And it has really nothing to do with um, we're protecting ourselves from that anymore. It's, it's just not. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, uh, I feel like a lot of the time we kind of lose the, the long-term thought with that when you brought up we don't consider the afterlife of the things that we do use and the hundreds or thousands of years is probably very uh, correct with that too, that those things last for that long. And we don't really know even how long it could be even past that too, which is a really, really great point. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. What I would also like to mention is plastic got invented about 70 years ago and within that short time and really introduced into into the market about 60 years ago. So we, as humans, we made it possible that within those 60 years, we polluted our oceans completely. Like how crazy is this? And it will last so many lifetimes after us, you know, it's not that it's gone with us when we die, the plastic dies. No, the plastic stays here literally forever. <laughs> and we all only took us, it only took us so little, so few years, you know, that's mind boggling to think, to even try to think about. That's yeah. I, um, I want to ask you one last question, Sophie, before we wrap up here, if, if you had say unlimited funding and unlimited time, do you think that pollution would, is an issue that's solvable overnight? If you had unlimited resources, do you think that it could be solvable or do you think it's always an issue that we're going to have to kind of fight tooth and nail with constantly? Well, I, 
That's an interesting question. I would need to give it some thought, but like the first thing that comes to my mind is I don't think I will be able to lobby the oil industry. So plastic is made out of oil, out of fossil fuel, and it's pushing so hard. You know, it's it's owning all these these plastic um, uh, factories. And like this whole system, I don't want to go into de- deep into this right now, but I believe like overnight, even if I had all the money in the world, it would still be difficult since the oil industry is just has so much more power, you know, and they're funding political campaigns, they're lobbying. Um, I don't know how I could be, would be able to, to change that overnight, but if I could, I would definitely stop all the oil drilling. I would just shut everything down and, um, ban plastic everywhere. Um, uninvented. I mean, plastic is not only bad, right? We, especially in the medical field without plastic, I don't think we would be there where we won't be we wouldn't be there where we are or in science and in research and like look at even just the blood um what's it called the thing the blood is in when you need transfusion when you need blood transfusion you know those type of things but what we definitely need to invent is a plastic or a form of uh um protection for those type of things that it doesn't stay with us for those many years. So either we in, we invent something that breaks down in a way shorter time or we invent something completely new. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds like it'll definitely be a fight, a constant fight yeah. with, with, <laughs> with getting it, even if we had like a trillion dollars to, to utilize. Yeah. It sounds like it'll be a little, a little tough there. Yeah, it's a little ch- more challenging. It's a little more to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sophie, I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And thank you even more so for what you help lead and and do down here um, in Miami. And I'm wishing you guys the best of luck to to keep our, our beaches clean and so forth and healthy. And then hoping that you guys expand too and can really – really do it on a, a a large scale thank you so much i appreciate that and it was awesome to speak with you really really nice conversation and if i can speak for the animals too and the wildlife they definitely love you sophie they <laughs> never told you that but they definitely <laughs> love you i'll speak for them on that <laughs> that's awesome thank you <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sophie, so I'm hoping to touch base with you again in maybe like a year or two and see how far you're doing. Everyone who's listening, Clean Miami Beach, you can follow them on Instagram. They have a great post um, quite frequently on everything that they do, as well as cleanmiamibeach.org, I believe, too, Sophie, right? And you can keep tabs on them on how much trash they take off the beaches and every single thing that they do. So you guys are interested definitely follow them and if you're interested as well in getting involved in volunteering it's super super easy and painless and i think you'll meet a lot of good friends in doing so too so sophie it's been a pleasure and looking to see you again down the road amazing yeah please also join us for a cleanup yes when's your next cleanup by the way when's your next Uh Yeah, so the next one is actually very special since it's World Cleanup Day, and it will be September 18th. Okay, so that's in about, yeah, that's right around the corner there. So yeah, I'm sure you're going to get a great turnout for that. 
I'm sure too. <laughs> I will have a good one, Sophie, and I will see you down the road. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. It was nice talking to you. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>